there, and welcome back to the Music Therapy Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest on the show. Her name is Holly Pering, and she is one of the other full-time music therapists, uh, board-certified music therapists at Giving Song, and she works mainly out of our center based in mid-Missouri. I'm going to be asking her some questions about what it means to be a musician and a music therapist and what her relationship um, between music performance and her job is like, how she stays inspired, and how it helps her grow as a clinician. So, Holly, thank you so much for joining us today. Let's start by getting to know you just a little bit. So tell me where you're from and what your clinical background is. Um, Well, I grew up in Springfield, Missouri. Um, so not too far from Columbia and, um, I, I went to school. I I went back to school to study music therapy. Um, after I, um, I have a degree in art, educate art education, and then a minor in music. Um, and then I, I, uh, studied music therapy at Drury university, um, later in life and decided, um, to become a music therapist. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about your clinical background. What what um, experiences do you have maybe through giving song or where you worked before that? Um, so I've mostly um, worked with kids with special needs. Um, that was kind of my idea. Um, when I went to school, I was interested in uh, working with people with disabilities and um that's that was like my kind of my focus at Drury. Um, I worked in a, um, I traveled into in the southwest part of Missouri. That was one of my first jobs, and I worked in like a day program with um, and some adults and kids in their homes, um, and in a clinic down there. Um, and then I, my internship, I was in the public schools in Lawrence, Kansas. So mm-hmm. I got a lot of experience working um, with kids with special needs um, and using uh, the IEP goals uh, in the schools. And then now at Giving Song, I've uh, continued, you know, mostly working with kids and um, in kind of various settings, homes um, or clinic and uh, a little bit in the schools, after school programs, things like that. Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, so tell me a little bit then about how you, you know, and why you chose to pursue music therapy. How did you hear about it and what kind of got your, got your interest in our field? Um, so I had heard a little bit about it when I was in high school, but not enough to really um, kind of pursue it back then. And so uh-huh. I, um, I still am passionate about music and I, you know, I, I incorporate or music as a big part of my life. And I mm-hmm. was always interested in, you know, how can I use music to help others? And, um, I, a job that I had, um, in, I was still in college and I was working in a, a care home for people with disabilities um, mm-hmm. or and uh, or that just needed some extra, um, you know, assistance in, in the home. And I um, 
I worked with a girl that had a brain injury and uh, schizophrenia. And it see, to me, I just noticed some, that when I would um, sing with her or play music with her, I could really get her. She was kind of very much locked in her own world and didn't didn't talk much and was very um, just shut down a lot of the time. And, and but but when we would play mute or when I would play music with her and kind of get her singing, she would really open up and communicate and start expressing some of her feelings and things that, you know, just various, you know, kind of a improv songwriting type thing. And so I, I was kind of thinking, well, what, you know, what is this music therapy? And it just caught me thinking about it again. And so um, I, I later after, you know, I had studied art education, I was going to become a teacher and I did a few years in AmeriCorps um, at an after school and summer recreation program. And then when I moved back to the Midwest, I was like looking at going back to school and I thought, well, so I started looking into music therapy programs and I found the one in Springfield at Drury and um, just, and that was it. I was like, this is, this is my career. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that you were kind of you were already witnessing kind of the power of music therapy before you even really knew how to apply it. And then that just kind of inspired you. I think that's really amazing. So you, you mentioned that music has always been an important part of your life and that you, you know, had experiences playing music and using music in therapeutic ways. So tell me about your background as a musician and kind of your performance background. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I was, in a singing group growing up through related it was through um various churches and so a lot of a group of girls and we would travel around and sing in churches <laughs> and so I started that when I was really young um as like the, the young I think I was five when I could officially join and so I did that for like oh, wow. growing up um all of my and uh, through my into my early teens um so that was a big part of my my life. Um, aside from that, like some piano, just, you know, piano lessons and performing that way. But um, and then I didn't really start um, playing guitar until I was 19. Um, and I had written a lot of songs or poetry and, and started kind of songwriting mm -hmm. and uh, early before that. And, um, so, and then I've just played with some various bands, um, personally, uh, here and there, you know, in mm -hmm. my twenties and thirties and, and, um, and like com some community bands also. So, yeah. And, and what genre would you say that those bands were, or what genre do you feel like you enjoy performing the most? Um, well, my own music and uh, it would be like a, or I've just played in a couple, yeah, like duos and, but we've, we've done kind of like indie folk or just rock kind of music. And then I've, the community bands I've done, like I, one I played in was like, a, it was very like European folk dance groups. So it was kind of like a, yeah. a band that we had, it was like a dance band. So we had to learn these pieces that we played for dancers, which was really fun. Um, That's other than that, like I like to just do kind of more informal uh, getting together with friends and jams, kind of that, that kind of thing as well. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds really fun. 
So since you have such a, you know, extensive performance background, um, and that's something that you're passionate about and that you enjoy, have any of the skills that you've built from your experience is as a performer helped you um, within, you know, the context of music therapy or vice versa? Um, for sure. I would say um, definitely just being playing music with other people. You get a sense of, you know, you kind of have to, everybody has to kind of lock in and play together. So I sometimes we have to kind of feel out like where the client is and what, how we can fit with them and what they're doing. Um, Using a lot of improvisation skills, um, use those like all the time. So like really, um, um, so that helps just kind of being, because in a, in a live setting or playing with other musicians, you really have to be aware of like, you know, the other people that are involved in the playing. And so, so I think that really does help in music therapy a lot. Um, and yeah. I think as far as music therapy, helping um, my performance or play or, or the vice versa, it, I, um, it definitely does help it, um, because I'm like keeping, I'm playing music every day, like work, working, working mm-hmm. um, in my, in my job. So it, it definitely, I, f- I feel like over time, um, it helps me become a better musician. Um, yeah. just like, because I'm like putting in the time every day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to keep talking with Holly about how her relationship with music has evolved and just keep talking about what it means to be a performer and a music therapist. So we'll be right back. All right, and welcome back. We are talking with Miss Holly about her relationship with music and the correlation between being a performer and a music therapist. So Holly, tell me, how has your relationship with music changed since becoming an MTBC? Um, let's see. Well, it's definitely, I feel like as any music therapist, your your relationship with music does shift and go through various phases. And mine definitely has, um, in school, I I think I was just doing so much music. Mm -hmm. I, there was a point over the holidays where I'm like, I can't listen to any more music. Like I don't want to go to any like, uh, like performance or musicals or anything at Christmas time. Like I was just like, I'm done with all this. Um, so sometimes it's good to just like, you know, if you need a break and let, and I not having quite as much music going all the time or sometimes after work, like I was like, okay, I just need silence. Like I don't really want any more music. Um, but I think at the point I am at right now, um, I, I feel like I do a lot of, um, outside of work. I, I write my own songs or I play, play guitar and, um, um, or play music with friends whenever that's it's not really possible at this point right now but um but but so getting together um community jams um I host an open mic at Cooper's Landing or or I did I hope that's gonna start up again this summer um and so things like that that are just like very separate from music therapy um yeah so I, I I and that, that really keeps me, I mean, that is my, I mean, that refuels me, I feel like to do yeah. also to, and, and I feel like, um, 
also my open I've, I've maybe become more open for lots of styles of music I mean I used to, when I was younger I was like oh I don't like this certain type of music or you know so but now I pretty much have to be like what I mean I tried to over time to just think okay what do I really like about this and how can I yeah. bring this to the client in in an authentic way and so we have to really like learn about many different styles and yeah. so that for sure too has changed my relationship with and even listening the like listening uh habits like I feel like I have to listen to a lot more music in yeah. order to you know also bring that to the clients yeah I, I I definitely can relate to that and I feel like you know, throughout, especially throughout internship, as I was really focusing on upping my repertoire and then, yeah, learning how to play different genres authentically, it definitely, like, I had to broaden my horizons. And and it became something that I enjoyed rather than just, you know, music homework. And it, it I, I feel like it is really cool to learn about other genres and music history of, you know, the culture behind music and everything like that. I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. So you, you mentioned a couple ways. <laughs> My watch started talking. Hold on. Oops. A <laughs> All right. So you mentioned a couple ways of how you, you know, you fill yourself up um, in, with, you know, your personal music and how you stay inspired by making the music um, through the community and that sort of thing. So how do you find ways to stay creative um, with music at work, because I think sometimes it's really easy to fall into ruts, you know, once you, especially if you're using similar songs or the same songs for multiple clients, it can become very routine and kind of boring. And, you know, I think for us, it's important to prevent burnout, to stay interested. So how do you stay creative with your work music as well? Um, well, yeah, I've definitely felt that where, where it felt the ruts. And I know, I'm sure a lot of times we, they, it, my an internship supervisor once told me well a lot of times if you're feeling that rut the client is also feeling it like oh the same music again you know yeah. so how to keep that fresh and um I mean I I think it goes also goes back to some of the listening habits is like a lot of times I'm always listening to a lot of music and and constantly there'll be ideas popping into my head like oh maybe I could use this in a session or you know so like just kind of yeah. exposure to to music to new music um and just taking the time to like to really try to like get out of you know trying to use the same intervention over and over yeah. like to have like a, a toolbox of multiple things um that can be pulled from and so yeah, it is a it is a challenge, I think, and to have the time, you know, to really to focus on that and make sure you have, you know, fresh ideas. Um, so yeah. I, I've been trying to like incorporate that in more, you know, especially right now I have some time and yeah. like or maybe each week to really come up with new new ideas. And we we work on that as a, in our team as well, like sharing some of our ideas and um yeah. things like that it helps like right now we have an intern with us so like working with her like we kind of bounce ideas mm -hmm. off of each other which kind of gets inspiring to like come up with new things yeah I think I, I mean I know for myself and especially as a newer music therapist that's been incredibly helpful for me to get you know to ask you 
you guys and our team, like, Hey, what could I do for this? And that's been so helpful. So Mm -hmm. I definitely think, yeah, collaborating with other people is a great way to get new ideas and revamp old ideas. And I think that's a great. Yeah. And also the continuing education. Um, We just had our Midwest music therapy conference online and that was like full of, you know, fresh ideas. So keeping that, that um, every, you know, the conferences going to conferences really like, things that keep us inspired as music therapists and realize you know know why we're doing what we do and and just coming like getting you know around people maybe from other um other places and that have different Mm -hmm. ideas and um ways of doing things so that that's definitely helpful yeah absolutely so how important do you think it is to be a performer or a music creator you know and have your own relationship with music outside of work as a music therapist, do you think it's important? Do you think it's necessary? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I I think um, every music therapist is different. So I wouldn't say um, it's probably a matter of preference. Like some people maybe really like performing and, and playing music um, outside of work and some people don't. And I, I think it's maybe just based on you know, yeah, your personal preferences. Like for me, it's um, that just that, especially the making music in a group or, you know, with other people is just like a great way Mm -hmm. to, um, it's just a great social connection, I feel like. Um, And like, and like we talked about before, it kind of helps our skills in other ways, um, with that, like being, being able to be responsive to others and, and, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. Do you feel like it's important to create music outside of work for your own relationship with music? Um, definitely. Yeah. For me, it, it really is. Um, yeah. it, it helps me, um, just feel more, I mean, I feel more inspired when I'm yeah. uh, writing music and play. And I mean, I, I love to write songs for music therapy as well, but, um, yeah. but like, yeah, just for the personal or just sitting down to like play guitar and, and just do that. I mean, that's my own. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like my, one of my own self care <laughs> or things I do for self care yeah. for Me sure. Too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what advice would you have for new music therapists or students who are maybe new to the idea of performing or kind of owning their musicianship outside of school or work? What would you say to them or what would you encourage them with? Um, well, for performing, I, I say like the best way, the best thing is to just get out there and do it because like, I, I mean, I, it's, I could get, I get, um, performance anxiety or or I did I, it was worse before when I wasn't really performing that much um and even though I grew up like performing and see, you know and singing I was very used to it then but then when I hadn't done it in a long time um in college I got like super anxious with like trying to do juries and and those kind of things yeah. like just having to perform in front of uh, people um so that was the thing, just kind of getting out there and trying it, even if it's like open mic or, um, just, uh, 
or like getting together even just with friends and sitting out in public somewhere like at the park and and just getting like being around people and playing I mean I think that's that all of that helps <laughs> yeah absolutely yes it does and and I can relate to that a lot too I know it's so funny. I would get so nervous for juries or having to play, you know, in front of classmates or sing in front of classmates. And, and honestly, it just, I, by making myself do it and just having the exposure and that experience, I think it just really, it helped so much, you know, just doing it and realizing that, you know, I like, I wasn't going to lose all my friends because I messed up or, you know, like nothing was catastrophic was going to happen if it wasn't perfect. And so that mm -hmm. for me was really helpful to see like, Hey, I can do this. And, and, um, it, it's not always terrible, you know, <laughs> well, and the, the same yeah. goes for like in music therapy, when you, when you choose this yeah. career, like you're not, you're going to be, you're not, you're not specifically performing for people, but you might be in a room with yeah. a lot of people and you're working with, a, yeah. you might just be working with your client in a classroom or whatever. So you kind of have to be comfortable with playing music in front of people <laughs> that because and it, or like when you're working with groups um you definitely you're you're you know you're kind of the the leader of the show there so like you kind of have to <laughs> to help uh or, or it helps the more you play in front of people ahead of that like if you're preparing for that you know it definitely is helpful yeah absolutely and I think I think too you know, just as kind of a, a kudos to all the music therapists and all the even music therapy students out there that are, you know, putting putting themselves out there. I think there is a bit of bravery that is involved with that, because, you know, as as we know, as musicians, making music is a very vulnerable thing. And especially, you know, if when you're singing, you are your instrument in that sense, too. And we use our voices and our bodies so much in what we do. You know, we are making music and that is a very that is a, a state of vulnerability, I think, because you're putting yourself out there and you're saying, hey, this is what I can do and this is what I'm creating. And, you know, there is always, I think, a little bit of fear of maybe being rejected or not maybe respected, you know, especially if you have a client that is also a musician that can be intimidating. But if we're confident in our skills and that's something that we're working on, then I think that we can grow in that. And, um, it doesn't, you know, that, that bravery is something that you don't even have to think about anymore and it's not scary anymore. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it's, that's definitely a unique aspect to what we do. It's, you know, it's just music is very personal and we get to share that with people and, and they share that with us. And so it's very mutual in that sense, but it is definitely a unique position that we're, we often find ourselves in. Um, but I think it's pretty cool that we get to do this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Ms. Holly, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Um, we're going to cut to a commercial. And when we come back, we're going to introduce our repertoire challenge and then just our final thoughts on everything that we've talked about today. So hang with us. All righty. And welcome back. It is time for our repertoire challenge. So today I have a bit of a classic um, that I think every music therapist should know. And also, this is just such a fun song. Um, our repertoire challenge for this week is 
What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. This is a really beautiful song that you can use with older adults. You can use it with children. There are illustrated sing-along books to this song that are super cute. Um, so my encouragement is to learn this, memorize it, maybe try it out on ukulele or a different instrument. And uh, please share with us your rendition of What a Wonderful World. Um, I would love to see how creative you can be with this. And this is especially right now in our world this would just be a great opportunity to focus on the positive things with your clients. Um, maybe you could pair this with, you know, keep on the sunny side or sunny side of the street and just really think about the beautiful things in the world around us that have not been interrupted by COVID-19. Um, so yeah, I just want to see how you guys get creative with this. So please feel free to reach out and send it to us at intern at giving song dot org we'd love to see it well again thank you holly for taking the time to talk with us today um we really appreciate you making the time and and i think it's so important to hear about how other music therapists and musicians work and stay inspired and you know being a musician and a performer is something that i feel like we often forget to talk about as a field and should be encouraging each other to be, you know, to be brave and create and work on their chops and know about the world of being a performing musician. And, you know, there are some, there are some basics from that world that do help us in music therapy, like setting up sound gear and the basics of recording and running a soundboard. Is it always necessary to know how to do that? No. But I do think it does bring such depth and respect to our field when we can, you know, hold our own as musicians and, and, and claim that for ourselves and in our personal journey with music too. I think that's really important. Um, so, you know, I think that's something that we should be encouraging and fostering um, in addition to the clinical and therapy side, you know, since music is our medium and that's what makes us really special in the world. Um, so if this is a new concept or something that you feel you want to grow in, I've attached some resources um, for more, how to be more knowledgeable on like gigging basics and some ideas on how to get started. You know, if you've never played at a coffee shop before, there's some ideas on how you can set that up and maybe just go for it. Or, and like Holly was talking about, look for those open mic nights. Um, just kind of look around you and see what there is already offered in the community. And who knows, you may find that you bump into some other music therapists. Um, I know if you hang around Cooper's Landing, you'll probably meet Holly at some point, which would be super cool. So, yeah, I would just encourage you um, to keep an eye out for that as well. Bottom line, it just takes experience and practice as with anything. And, and I know that I've learned so much from doing it myself and hanging around people who have been doing, you know, doing what I want to do for many, many years. And so I ask questions and I just... I learned from exposure, and I think that um, that's true for probably anyone. So, Holly, do you have any final closing thoughts on everything that we've talked about today? Yeah, I was just thinking about what you were saying and about, like, the more, you know, just getting out there in the music community outside of the therapy, um, just just making those connections and meeting other uh, musicians and or music therapists, um, just kind of getting out there and like, yeah, really, because the more you're out, like doing, you know, if you're performing or you're playing at an open mic or going to a jam or anything like that, you're, 
you're just making those musical connections, which you never know where, where those could lead. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I find that it's pretty, it's been really like enriching in my life. Some of the friendships and the connections that I've made through like music culture in the community that I never would have made otherwise. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm so thankful for. So yeah, making those connections is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of opportunities um, in Colombia for um, just the, for yeah. the, the for live music. The we got the big festivals and Roots and Blues, and then True False for um, music and art and film, all kind of combined into one. And then um, just a lot of yeah. um, great live shows, or in the even in the parks and and in. And hopefully we'll get back to like the uh, live music venue, being able to go to live music venues again. Yeah. But, um, but so, yeah, I think that all of that is um, just provides rich opportunities for just being um, staying um, inspired with music. I cannot wait for summer festival. I know. <laughs> I hope they come back. <laughs> maybe a, maybe very on a small scale, we'll get to have some. Fingers are crossed. My fingers are crossed. I hope so. But As always, we want to hear from you. So feel free to hit us up on our DMs and Instagram. Make sure to follow us and like us on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, you can email us at intern at givingsong.org. And remember to like and share this podcast with your friends because we are a community. And remember, when in doubt, make music.